Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 98. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I am feeling very, very good since our last recording. Whoa. (laughs) I know. Shocker. Shocker. Everybody, I I, I finally got a fever from my month-long cough, and uh, (laughs) man, today, you know what? I am feeling goddamn good. Life. Life is just great. Yeah, finally, finally. It's driving me insane. Like, I, I I, don't think I've had a cough for that long ever in my life. That's annoying. Yeah, and like, and like, this is at, like during and after my gallstone surgery. So I'm like, I just want to feel like a million bucks and not in pain, <laughs> no cough. And like, I've been yeah. holding out. I'm like, I just, I just want it to stop. Yeah, well, here you are. Still yeah. like a million bucks. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling uh yeah, re- real close there, man. It's uh <laughs> great. I've no urge. The, the throat's not scratchy. Good. Good. Yeah, dude. Feeling awesome. good. Finally, I guess the 35 <laughs> plus hours of sleep probably helped. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, it in was one, in one day. Uh yeah, pretty much. You know, wait, wake up for 20 minutes to pee and try and eat something then out. I went it's yeah. the opposite of Tristan Tate, who can wake up without going to sleep. You're going to sleep without waking up, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. doubling up on your on your hours. Yeah, well, you sleep it, two hours for every one. <laughs> well, in like last last Thursday, because when it was really bad, I had, I'd I'd woken up at like eight o'clock at night, and I'm like, man, I haven't eaten anything. I'm gonna try, and I I made myself uh, two peanut butter and jellies. You know, something simple. Nothing crazy. And I got like a quarter of the way through the first one and fell asleep in it. And Ned didn't finish them. Oh, no. (laughs) Dude, it was. fell asleep in the PB&J. Yeah, like I'm sitting on the couch and I just dipped my head down right into it. And (sighs) Heather comes downstairs and she goes, go to bed. Like you're sleeping in your sandwich. Oh, that's that's too bad. So rough. Like, (laughs) but I feel better now. So we're, we're like way better. Good. All right, I have a couple of reminders for everybody. First of all, the messages of the Driven Diary YouTube channel and the We Are Driven podcast are certainly converged, obviously, with me driving the subject matter in both uh, forms of content. But I do want everybody to go check out the YouTube channel. The last video that we put out, episode 20 or 21, I spent 15 minutes sitting in front of the camera talking at length about current events and what I believe needs to happen in the world for us driven people to really do our best to make the world a better place where there are so many forces out there trying to make the world a worse place. I just want it to get better. And I think we as driven individuals in society are members of the leadership that are here to make that happen. So please go watch Driven Diary episode 20 and 21 and all the ones before it, obviously. And if you like what you hear on the YouTube channel, if you like what you hear on this podcast, please tell a friend from your car club, your gym, your work, wherever you share your core values with people in the realms of business, fitness, and cars. We want as many people as possible watching, listening, engaging with us so that we can all make the world a better place. So with that, Dan, do you have any interesting news for us this morning? Yeah, this one is about a month old now. some people, if if you follow anything in the auto world, probably have heard of this story. Arun, did you hear about um, the soldier that was serving in Iraq uh, lost his uh, Demon 170? Did, did you hear what ended up happening with that story? The salesman got fired. Yeah, well, it wasn't just the salesman of that that deal but uh so for anybody wondering hasn't heard this story there's a dealership out there 
not gonna name it just because there are names everywhere um <laughs> over this uh soldier uh ordered a a demon 170 you know it's gonna be one of the the last uh demons to ever roll off the line and uh he was serving over in Iraq and the dealership sold his allocation, his car that got delivered to the dealership to another customer because they were offering more than what he was going to pay. And like, this was a done deal. Like it was, it was written up that he was going to be deployed that somebody else is going to pick this car up for him. Um, and they sold it out from underneath of him I, with a signed deal from this soldier. And, um, he found out about it because he saw like his car, like it was built to order. It was specific wow. for him yeah. on, on a Dodge forum or on a Facebook page. He goes, wait a minute. There's no way that somebody has my car. So they come to find out these guys sold it out from underneath of them. Um, and then uh, Dodge caught wind of it because obviously in the car world, it, it, it started like a wildfire, um, dealership, you know, was getting negative review bombed. Whole, you know, the whole Ooh, gambit of, of everything. Of yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so Dodge finds out, and of course they're they're irate. So what Dodge Dodge ends up making this story really crazy, like absolutely crazy. They they tell this guy, and they for, first they say, well, the dealership's absolutely wrong. There's going to be repercussions. Uh, Secondly, you're getting your Demon 170, and we are going to take one off the line. We're going to have it repainted to your paint color, and we're going to send it through the jailbreak program, and you're going to get it for MSRP, no markups, nothing. Like It's your car now. You're getting it. But you're going to meet us at Jay Leno's garage, and Jay Leno's going to deliver it for to you. Wow. Yeah, like super fucking cool, right? right. Like, like Jay Leno personalized. So he's like, when you get back from Iraq, Jay Leno's gonna give it to you. Like, I wonder how they picked Jay Leno. The, you know, what? it's Dodge. He, they got connections. You but know, you could have picked Matt Farah or I. I Rob think Ferretti I or... think I think Jay Leno just because he's just a big name. You could have picked Sterling Marlin. <laughs> right. Drove a Dodge Intrepid for right. most of his career. Yeah. Or Rusty Wallace. <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, he gets a pretty cool deal out of it. Uh the guy who ended up uh get, buying the soldier's the original, demon. Yeah. He doesn't get that car. So Ooh, it that's it's, not good. Nah, this is where it gets really really interesting. So they're hmm. taking that car from him because it shouldn't have been his. Like it, with paperwork and the the VIN build numbers and stuff like that. So what they're doing is they're building him a new car. Okay. For him. And then the car that, that got involved with this mix up is being sold at auction and it's going to a charity of the soldier's choice. Good work. Dodge. Which is, yeah. Great work. Dodge. Yeah. And that dealership cleaned house. They fired salesmen. They fired general managers. They file. They they fired every management staff possible. <laughs> like they cleaned the whole house out. Damn. Because well, I and I wonder how much of that was because not of the original act, but because of how the dealership was handling it before and, Dodge and, caught wind. And that's what the, the press statement essentially said, is that these employees do not follow, you know, how how we want our culture to be. Right. And yeah. that there there must have been other instances of this happening, and, and like, how shitty. Like, you know, that guy's deployed. Like, but cra- crazy story... With a crazy, awesome, wholesome ending to where both parties are happy sure. and a charity is is benefiting from it, like that, like good on Dodge, like that. This is one of your last muscle cars you'll ever build, and to see that you you went good on this, bravo. What do they build now? You know, there's some theory that there's something in the works with them. In the works, as in they're just going to retire the brand. 
I don't know. No, it's a, it's a whole nother car. Like the, like there's some there's a small expectation that there's a V8 coming from out of Dodge. So it's the next. It's not called a Hemi anymore. It's called a something else. Yeah, I, I don't know because they're. I know they're doing a stuff with the with the uh, with the new Charger, which is EV, but. But there, there's some speculation. There's, there's something coming from them, bubbling just underneath the surface. Because CDJR is doing the worst of all cars yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in bad <laughs> shape. I mean, with with yeah. the, I think the number for twenty five hundred slash thirty five hundred trucks was like seven hundred days worth of sell yep. units. It's like, on the lots at it's like you have two years worth of units on like lots. They should just close the factory. I d- would not expect them to be making more for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Like if you can't find the, the 2,500 or 3,500 you're looking for, the customer might be the problem. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Like, and I heard like the renegades are like plus 300. Like, yeah. it's like you'll never sell them guys. Right. <laughs> Ever. So yikes! Well, yeah, so, so I don't know. It was They're... a good publicity move for Dodge. A hundred percent. It'll probably get a few more customers coming back in the door. I mean, I I wouldn't buy a, a Dodge. Yeah, Excuse me neither. I I have no interest. But you know, I owned one before, and it was it was an experience. Charger, <laughs> char- the Chargers are comfortable. I'll give them that. But I I don't know. I have no urge to buy one now. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of alternatives to Dodge, I got one for you. Uh oh. I got one for you. I got an alternative to a Dodge because Dodge doesn't make a hot hatchback, <laughs> but Ford does. Ford did. Let me guess. It's a Focus RS. What color is it? It's red. It is. Hey, yeah. it's almost like you were shopping on the same website that I was. So this is an 8,000 mile 2018 Ford Focus RS that I'm going to have Dan appraise in case you didn't know what what segment we were getting into here. So it's on an auction, current bid $25,000, ends in one day. It's a beautiful race red 2018 Focus RS, 8,000 miles on the clock, six-speed manual, all-wheel drive. It has a few little cob tuning mods typical on it. focus stuff yeah carbon fiber roof wrap and uh it's in tennessee and it looks pretty good honestly this looks like my cupra my cupra was a two liter turbo front wheel drive six speed bright red with black wheels and this is pretty much the same car so i like it you know i am rocket really really surprised that they didn't talk about that this is a rare color. Well, maybe maybe that is something that the seller wishes. Like yeah, cuz that's a limited edition color. They didn't make many in red. Yeah. It is yeah, somebody somebody is saying that in the comments. There were yeah, 1000 yeah. 1002 Focus RS limited editions and this is one of 494 race right. reds. Yep. And the, uh, yeah, the other limited edition color was nitrous blue, which is that, that really bright poppy color. Which is the typical. That's the one you see. Yeah, if you're going to see a special uh, limited edition one uh, in that color, that, that's what it'd be. Like the brake calipers are a close color to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so, I mean, I really like this. I do too. That's why I knew what it was because I was looking at it. I was like, hmm. $25,000 focus. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I t- so I've driven one of these. Um, and it was one of the most fun cars I've ever driven. Like cool. ser- seriously, like it talk about a go-kart. Um, the, the big problem with the focus RS is that they love to blow out their head gaskets. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh well. so, so bad that they were they were TSB'd and then they were recalled and then the recall product did the same thing. So oh, no. <laughs> so they they are not friendly with head gaskets. Like you're guaranteed to replace one. That's like the 1.5 EcoBoost Fusion I have that I currently own. Yeah, it's just 
it's the hallmark of that two three, I guess, that Ford put in it. It it's sad because it's such a great car. The other problem with it was is that it was a sixty thousand dollar car when it was out. Yeah. So now, I mean, this is one of those market pricing things where, yeah, like a, I mean, I don't know what a GR Corolla goes for now, but it's kind of the it's same. About thing. that. It, it's about that yeah. for decent without markup. Right. Um, man, this is a tough one because I'd pay 25 G's as it sits. Um, I think the car market slumped pretty bad. So I'm going to say. 34 and a half. 34 and a half. All right. You're locked in. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> I think it's... I think they're still worth those upper 30 numbers because of the rarity of them, but I think the car market right now is absolutely fucked. So, <laughs> so you know, I hope that, that what happens on what happened on the escort from a few weeks ago happens on this. <laughs> Where it doesn't because move. It doesn't move. That one ended up going for 26.5 and I guess 35. I think this hits 30 at, at a minimum. I don't, it's not going to stay at 25. All right. If you say so. <clears throat> okay. Let's update the folks on last week when I almost quit. <laughs> Here's why I almost quit, everybody. So Dan gave me a Crown Vic, a purple Crown Vic. I think it was classy. And I guessed just a little bit more than the average from the previous few weeks before that. And I guessed 11,500. But two people really wanted this damn thing. And it ended up going for $17,250 for a difference of 33 fucking percent. That thing was so expensive for no reason. It's a, what was it, like a 1998 crown Yeah, yeah it was. With 40,000 so... miles on. Like, what the hell? Who's paying, like, new Kia prices for that? Dude, you can, you can buy a, an S197 Coyote for less than that. Ah. Stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid shit. So my current average percentage is 22.72% off, driven mostly by that Mercedes Evo, but since then I haven't really gotten much better. Dan, meanwhile, I gave him a car with no comps, super low dollar value, which means you have more risk of getting a higher percentage off. And he gets it by three fucking percent. The Nissan March from 1995. Yeah, I'm literally sitting in a meeting watching this thing bid up. And I, I texted Arun, just the the uh, Ron Swanson fist, like crying, like, <laughs> God, it nailed it. <laughs> so you guessed 1750 and it went for $1,800. Yeah. Yeah, because if you if if you go back and listen to last week's episode, uh, you could hear how irate I was that I was given this one. <laughs> I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> so, I have much redemption to to build here, and and Dan just gets to sit pretty on top of the throne here. And look, get... I've been doing good lately. I'm just saying. No, you you haven't. You had a fifty two percent one recently. Look, we're not going to talk about that one. All right. Well, let's talk about my car for this week then. So I didn't go for an off-the-wall thing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, this is an exotic car, though. Um, it's a 22,000-mile 2016 Porsche 911 GT3. Ooh. It's okay. A, yeah, it's like a stone gray color. Uh, oh yeah, agate gray metallic. So it's kind of got like some brownish golds to it. Gray wheels, yellow calipers. Interior is a just your normal Porsche interior. There's nothing this really. Is the GT3 RS. Uh, it's just a GT3. Wait, which one is it? Oh, the the twenty two thousand mile twenty sixteen. Yeah, yep. got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, like there's is, there's nothing overly crazy about this car other than it it's just a Porsche. Currently uh, bid at $113,000. Do you want to hear my... Um, I'm trying to catch myself on some negative thinking. 
<laughs> we'll just say that. What okay. do you want to hear about it? Yeah. So this car, I don't know what different options were available on this. There were a lot. So it could be that this is, you know, basically I'm going to bitch and moan that comps are really hard to figure out on this because is it a, is it a base model or is it a super high mile one? And I can look and, and look at all these listings, but I don't really know. So that's my, my sadness right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, looking at the comps, There, there's really not a ton of outlier. That's true. This is also quite a high mile one relative to all these other ones. Oh well, yeah, twenty two thousand on a Porsche. I mean, that's that that thing was loved. Yeah, it was it was used. It's got ceramic. It has the front axle lift. It has a built in radar. It has Apple CarPlay. Has torque vectoring. Yeah, like I don't think it's a two hundred thousand dollar one though. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's the PDK. It the last one with a close mileage that I'm seeing went for one forty six. One forty six. It was yeah. a fi- it was a fifteen. I kind of want to say like one forty. Think yeah, I'm gonna I think, say one. I think that's fair. Yeah, just not that special of a car, honestly. It's re- it's really not. That's that's why I picked it. I'm like, it's it's just it's an exotic car. It's still kind of expensive, but not overly expensive. Is it is is it worth every bit of 140k? Yeah, those cars rock. <laughs> Everybody that I I know that's driven one or has owned one, absolutely love them. There was a 2016 in September with 40,000 miles that bid up to 110,000. Yeah, that's high mileage. Yeah. For a Porsche. But I mean, it's uh, it's being actively bid on. Got bid on. You know... I'm two grand today. Uh, I'm gonna revise for three grand today. I'm gonna make a revision here. Okay, one thirty. Okay. <clears throat> oh dang! This thing's got a ten year, uh, or hundred thousand mile warranty on the motor. Damn. They're copying Kia. <laughs> so two year, two years left on the warranty. That's crazy. That's funny. I would go rip the living crap out of that thing <laughs> in two years just to get a new motor. <laughs> well, apparently, these things do blow motors. So, yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise me. I'm yeah. a boxer. All right, all right. Got any other comments on everything we've discussed so far? No. We good to move on. We got good to send it into the final topic of this podcast. Yeah, I, I struggled with this one. So we'll we'll see how this one turns out. <laughs> but your guess? No, no, our, our topic for the day. When oh. we were reading when we were reading our outline, I'm like, this motherfucker, like <laughs> So <clears throat> we're gonna make you go first then. <laughs> no, right. no. All right. So so this uh this podcast is basically designed to inspire you into action. Because it's very easy to analyze, 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 and then, you know, you might even go listen to our podcasts about finding your passion or finding your inspiration. And really, inspiration is designed to push you into action. But if you're still struggling, if you're still not acting, this is the final step. And it's really just, you got to send it. You just got to send it, everybody. So... Dan and I each have a story from our own lives where just sending it completely transformed our lives. And so we are going to use these stories and you 
should use these stories to say, yeah, I can do that. I could do that too. I can just jump off the cliff and learn to build the wings and the parachute along the way. And eventually you will fly. So with that, Dan, I'll turn it over to you. Let's hear <laughs> how you sent it. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the, the, re the reason why I struggle with this is one, I didn't want to do a story uh, that was the exact same as a runes or close to, <laughs> to it. We you know, wanted some substance to this. Um, and when Arun tells the story, you'll understand why, because I could have easily came up with something very similar. Um, but I also was trying to stick to something maybe I hadn't told. Um, and maybe this is just a good time to, you know, rehash an old story. Um, you know, something that we would have talked about a long time ago. Um, so I, I'm going with the following of just jumping off the cliff and hang gliding. And I'm still hang gliding um, to this day. Um, quite frankly, I don't think I ever want to find the wings and fly. I think I want to hang glide forever. And and here's why I know you're you're perplexed by this, Arun. Because you're constantly trying to figure out the next thing and go higher. Like, I don't want to get those full wings and just coast on, on autopilot, you know? I want to struggle forever to constantly reach for the next level. So I know, I know you're perplexed. So here's my story. My hang gliding um, that I think has benefited my life for the long term uh, would have been leaving the house at 18, to be honest with you. And, and it wasn't, something that I really had ever envisioned doing growing up of just leaving home and then going to do my own thing. Uh, but I decided to just leave home, move 700 miles away from home to a foreign place that I didn't spend a lot of time in. And, and, uh, you know, I started going to school and I was doing schoolwork on stuff. I didn't, I liked, I, th I thought computers were cool and, you know, but uh, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I found out quickly, and then uh, I was presented with the uh, the option in twenty fifteen, maybe it was the end of twenty fourteen. Uh, of here's school, or here's management. And here's the pros and cons of going to school, finishing the last two years of college. And here's the here's the pros and cons of starting management now. And here's what the money looks like. Here's what the future could look like. And that, to me, was my jump off a cliff 2.0 for me. Like, I already had jumped off the cliff once, moving across the country. So... And I'm going to I'm going to pause you a second here. <clears throat> so when you were considering leaving home, what was going through your mind kind of holding you back from doing it? From doing it, uh just the sheer unknown. You know, I've been living at home with my parents forever that you know, they did a lot of things for me. They took care of me. There were a lot of things I didn't have to worry about. So for me to just jump off that cliff and leave home, it's like, what's the unknown? Like, what, what, how, how am I going to set up a new bank account, a new state? How am I going to get a uh, residency? How am I going to get in-state tuition? You know, where am I going to live? What are my bills going to look like? Is my job going to be stable enough to where it, it can pay me? You know, those sorts of things is like, that's scary as a fresh 18 year old. If you're going six states away you know it, it, that that's what would have held held me back the most of just like the sheer of like well what happens when i'm there and were there other people that you knew of that had trailblazed that path no for you uh-uh zero no yeah there, there was nobody that had like graduated a, a year or two ahead of me that could have given me that experience i mean my my dad really could have because he joined the military but it's it's different like it's still very structured uh so I, I i don't think his example would have been the best for me either so 
No, that's all. Yeah, I'd have to go. No, not really. Yeah, and so you were you you didn't have any instructions on how to build this. No, no, this I, I had I had this. <laughs> yeah, I had to seek out my own my own mentors, uh, which ended up being my boss at the time of sure. of being able to kind of walk me through it and find the loopholes and things to make life easier and so. And then, so you you had you kind of had at least the idea of leaving the house at eighteen from your dad, yeah. And and that was something that I had as well. I can totally relate to what you're talking about. We actually, I I didn't realize how similar this was, but I also left the house at eighteen and moved nine hundred miles away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just like you know, and and I had an uncle too that that you know he would he would come over all the time or we'd go to like one of the family cookouts and he would, he wouldn't just tell me this. He'd tell everybody, he was like, get the fuck out of this town. Like, <laughs> like, like go, go, go live somewhere else. Like get out of here. Yeah. Like, don't be like me. Mm, don't no real like instruction you. with it other right. than just leave. Just don't just, you see, you see this, you see what I'm doing. It's right. not that great. And I'm right. trying to tell you to get out. Right. Yeah. He's That's like, don't, good. don't be stuck in this shithole like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then you jumped off another cliff. Another like cliff. A year yeah. and a half later. Yeah, a year and a half later, and like you know, I'm I'm I think I I had to be nineteen, and you know, as a nineteen year old, you know, you're going to school, and that's really what you know, and you know, you're working, you know, as you can through through school work and actual work, and then you're presented with this with this opportunity to to manage people, and they tell you how much you could make, and you're like. Why the fuck am I going to school? <laughs> like, so was it like I don't? I'm trying to figure out exactly how to phrase this question, but it's really you know you saw a number for a salary or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and you said, okay, the salary expectations that I could have from the degree that I'm trying to get right now are not that different. Is that basically what happened? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. For what I would have, would have spent to finish college and to get some sort of job in a computer science field, which I couldn't even tell you what it would look like today. I don't think it would ever have matched the opportunity that I had been given with the management. I, I, I don't know what a computer science job would look like today or what I would have made or if I would have had to go back to school for more education like I I just don't think with the debt and what it would have paid over a 10 year time frame I don't think it looked the same um so which is why I I jumped off the cliff went into management with no business background nothing no management uh, pri- like training prior. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I mean, was I was a good... crew trainer at McDonald's, but it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an opportunity presented to you because you had earned it with yes, with yes. your prior work experience. Right. Yeah. And and for me, I saw I saw what it could look like in five years. You know, with on the job training and learning from others. Um, I had a really good mentor that came with it. Um you know, he's still my mentor to this day. And, uh, I, so I jumped off the cliff really not knowing where it would take me. And that's really where my long-term hang gliding, jumping off the cliff moment came from, because to this day, the things that I've learned and continue to learn, um, I'll carry with me forever. And, is there any, I mean, here's, here's my read. Tell me if I'm on the right track with this or not. Sure. Of, of the value that you got from jumping off of this cliff. It was first independence mm-hmm. and learning how to holistically manage your life. Yes. Where you you had to do everything because your parents weren't local, couldn't mm-hmm. go home and do your laundry or have your mom do your laundry, like <laughs> buy my groceries, yeah, <laughs> buy your groceries, you know, come help you pick out furniture, you know, all that kind of stuff. You do just have to take on those life skills. Yep, and it is. I mean, it's it's kind of weak when you think about it now that adulting is this sort of heralded 
activity of like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm yeah, adulting. It's like, yeah, man, can't, can't wait to be an adult. My, <laughs> my grandpa doesn't even have a high school education because he had to go work on the farm. Yeah. And now, and now we're so proud of ourselves for fucking doing laundry and getting groceries. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like, I tell everyone all the time, like, you're just kind of having a, a rough day. Man, it sucks to be an adult today. It's like, man, I forget what my grandparents had to go through to be an adult. Like, <laughs> yeah. So shut up. <laughs> Life's easy. Life's really easy for us now. It, 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 it yeah. It, oh, we have a lot of tools to do that. But, yeah. but yeah, no. And I've been able to, you know, I, I've glided over a, a lot of, cool things from that decision you know sure. i was able to manage you know teams here at chrome enhancements i i managed a, a shop in a front counter at a restyling shop because of it i i got into uh sema and did some of, i'm still doing some of their volunteer work there at, uh, well, and, and what that jump was what that leap off of the little second cliff was was a vote of confidence in yourself. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like I can, I can do this. You said I can do this. And now you just keep saying that and you keep stepping into new roles. I mean, even, even, you know, like this podcast was, yeah, I would not be (laughs) podcasting today if I didn't jump off that cliff for sure. And, and think about, you know, the, the computer science version of you, (laughs) dude, I couldn't, I could not imagine it. Like I, I just, it was so not a fit and like, I think I realized that about a year into it and just didn't know what to do with it. And so that, that opportunity that was presented to me was just so worth it. And and like, yeah, like I was saying, like the, the things I've been able to do, like podcasting, SEMA, doing, an, uh, doing an e-commerce company for a year and a half, having ownership in Chrome enhancements. Uh, you, you know, there are, there are just some things that, have been presented to me and I'll continue to grow and, and try and do better uh, than what I already am as someone who's not a college educated person who does not have that degree. I have to do it on my own and, you know, figure it out on my own and I'm getting there. And like I said, at the start of this, I don't want to find the jet engines and just put it on autopilot. I want to keep trying to figure it out and be better. If you find jet engines, then you have to get to space. Yeah, right. I think that is... I do want to go to Mars. Because <laughs> So here's here's why I was perplexed at first was because uh, you said hang gliding, which to me, that indicates a completely complacent downward trajectory. Oh, yeah, no. No, I'm thinking opposite. Right. So that's where that's why I think you do have to say you build wings and you, you learn to fly or you learn sure. to somehow go upwards. Sure. You could, yeah, you could take that two ways. Sure. Yeah. That was that was kind of where I had. Yeah. No, 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 no. I am. No, complacency is not me. I do not want it. I don't welcome it. And I'd rather be uncomfortable and trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. Which hang gliding for me, just so everybody knows would be an uncomfortable experience and I don't ever want to do it. Like I just, I have no point, urge yeah. to do that in real life. I'm not that much of an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> like, a very good point. <laughs> I would be terrified. Jumping off of a cliff is an uncomfortable thing to do. Uh, yeah, very much. Proven that you can do it in a metaphorical sense yeah metaphorically i'm all <laughs> for it but i'm not doing it physically I'll, I'll go jump out of an airplane but i'm not trusting a hang glider interesting <laughs> yeah mm, okay. i know it's weird it's weird i'll <laughs> i'll ju- but i won't do roller coasters either so i used to not do roller coasters now i do them but it's this is going down a rabbit hole i know i, I know go <laughs> i'm gonna pause pause myself on that one all right so Anything else you want to add on this? I think the basically you you did it. You sent it on two occasions. You've given us two examples. One of them was you said you made the decision that I am going to live an independent life and I'm going to leave the nest. Yep. And in doing so, you've learned life skills that some people in their fucking 40s don't have. Yeah. And then you, as a result, have built a foundation for your ability to manage the domestic areas of your life, especially where it just, it's just easy. It just is part of what you do. 
You yeah, go get the groceries. You do the laundry. You yeah, I mean, and, the, and I'm just using those examples from my own experience. Right, and there will always be hard moments, but they they're not as hard as what you think because you develop the skills. And I will just add on this, you know, family is who you choose it to be. And I'm not saying that you should cut out people in your life just because I'm saying this, but the people who you can call your family don't have to be blood relatives. A hundred percent. And that's not either of our cases. No. We both have good relationships with our blood relatives, but it's not to say that you have to do that and don't use your family as a excuse for why you are not achieving everything you could achieve in your life. Yep. hundred percent. And then the second one, second leap you took was the vote of confidence in yourself to say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. I have the capability to do this. That is extremely powerful and long lasting. And by doing that, by, by giving yourself that vote of confidence over and over and over again, you have said yes to opportunities that continue to elevate your life. Yep. Even if they fail, I say yes and I learn from them. And and that's an elevation. Yeah. yeah. You have to try. All right. My turn. And I guess <laughs> I guess I look forward to hearing all of the similarities from your your story on this one for why you wanted to say the exact same uh, yeah. thing. All right, so this is a good one. So let's rewind to 2017, 2018. So 2017, I'm leasing a Honda Accord, and I had crashed it through a barbed wire fence, drunk scratched up the whole car got it repainted and it's got a cvt two liter four cylinder i don't think i ever popped the hood on it didn't really know (laughs) anything about it the only diy car repair i did was kicking the clips of the front bumper back in when i knocked off the front bumper driving through that barbed wire fence dang now that i'm looking at an image of an accord because i couldn't remember what it looked like I don't know how you didn't a, break those clips. <laughs> a 2015 Honda Accord oh, in gray. 15, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember them looking like. Yep, and it's about as utilitarian of a car as you can get. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I liked it. I took it to Monterey Car Week once, parked it Heck by yeah. the beach and took an artsy picture of it. But it was a stock leased Honda Accord. Gotta start somewhere. But does that sound like the driver's car? I mean, no. I, but my, <laughs> my my first car I ever bought for me was a fifteen Fusion. So like <laughs> like I we have some similarities here. Yep. <laughs> All right. And, and I took and I, RT photos of that sucker. And I took one. <laughs> <laughs> but but before that time, I had my Passat W eight. I tore about, tore about, I sound British, the high school parking lot and was known for being a fast driver and I was a good driver and and everybody saw my car parked right in front of the parking lot because I would show up super early to school and I was so proud of that car and I took tons of pictures of it. I'd wash it every weekend. You know, it was... Cool car. It was the thing for me. Yeah. And... It, it had so much meaning and so much sentimental value to me. And I will always miss it. I, I wish I had never sold it now, but I, but I did. And before that, I would play with toy cars on the floor at home. I watched every single Top Gear probably six times. I was big into car and driver and motor trend and every movie about cars that's out there. Fast and Furious, Hot Pursuit. I'm some of these things are a bit newer, but bro, why are you telling the, my story? What's going the on? Video here? games, <laughs> you know, all of it. I loved cars, and I when it came to the video games, I learned a lot about the mechanical nature of cars, at least somewhat. Like I knew what a roof scoop was, and yeah, what an you, ECU tune. Right, you, you, they you didn't go into the exact specifics, but you could understand what it was doing 
for that car. Yeah, well, and, and it opens your eyes to say, yeah, you can improve the performance of a car or the mm-hmm. handling of a car or whatever, and the brakes will help with that, and the suspension will help with that, and all these different tuning capabilities. Anyways, you get the point. I was obsessed with cars on paper, but here I am with my leased Honda Accord. I'm adulting. I work in San Francisco in a high-rise I use my car on the weekends to drive down from San Francisco to San Jose to visit my girlfriend. I never really use my car. It just sits in a parking garage all week. And I would distract myself every single day in my office with cool cars. So whether that be Instagram or websites, forums, just trying to figure out what I was going to get when my lease was up on my Accord the following June 2018. Yep. Sound familiar? Yeah, we, yeah well, we, we were do since we were content creating on, on cars at work, I would try and get into like the deep edges of the Evox image files we'd get and find the really like artsy photos of the sports cars they took. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, like, yeah, we because we had we had images for every new car available at the time. So, like, we just constantly oh. just look at stuff and at different angles and all the white room photos and stuff. This sounds very artsy. Yeah. All right. So, I got rid of the Accord. I walked in to an Infinity dealership on the day before Super Bowl Sunday, February 2018. And I worked a deal to lease a Q50 Silver Sport. Not a Red Sport, a Silver Sport. Was that a VQ car? It's a VR. VR. Okay. The one after the VQ. Yeah, I don't know enough about them other than the VQs but it's a, are gross. It's a twin turbo 3.5 V6. Yep. Rear wheel drive. All the latest Bluetooth, phone, audio, Still had a CD player in 2018, which is kind of weird, but it was a super cool car. And I yeah, loved lo- the way it looked. Luxury car, yeah. Yeah, when, and the Silver Sport in white had the super cool contrasty front bumper canards, basically. Not canards, but little like front lip okay. elements just on the sides of the front bumper. Made it look really mean. So... I got that car, February 2018, but it was a lease and it was a new car and it was expensive. And at that point, between my insurance, my parking and my car payment, I was paying more for my car than I was for rent in San Francisco in 2018. Whoa, that's saying a lot. (laughs) Rent was $1,100. Yeah. The car was $1,250. Yeah. So fast forward a few months and I am itching to modify the car. I've never modified a car before. Keep that in mind. I've never modified a car before. All I have done is drive cars around. But now I'm thinking, you know, I just, I want to get a little bit more involved, but everything's just so expensive. And this car is a lease and it's risky to modify cars. And there's just not really that much I'm confident in doing, and I'm not comfortable with any of this. And I just don't understand. And I'm doing all this research and it turns out a lot of the modifications I want to do are illegal in California. and So like cold air or exhaust or... Any emissions related yeah. stuff. Yeah. Violating all the carb stuff. Yeah. But so I'm sitting there at work and I'm barely working. All I'm really doing is researching my Q50. And my friend who lived 50 miles away from me in Santa Clara in a house, not in an apartment with a parking garage valet across the street... And, and he had an E36 M3 that he had bought and was starting to fix up and modify. And, and I saw that and I was like, Ooh, that's, that is what I want to do. It was manual. I didn't know how to drive manual, all these things. It was, it was a, that was like a dream come true to me. And so we started becoming friends on the basis of me saying, Hey, you're doing what I want to do. Let's hang out. That's <laughs> basically how what happened there. Yep. And so I was talking to him all the time. And 
I was researching all the time and I would go visit him on the weekends down in, in his place where there was space to work on cars. And I got a strut bar for my Q50 and I installed the strut bar and it was so exciting to <laughs> install a strut bar. And then like the next weekend I got a, a little gloss black trunk lip spoiler thing mm-hmm. stuck that on with 3M tape. But I was like nervous to do that even. That was scary to me. So this is the level we're at. I've I've now removed and reinstalled six nuts from the top of the strut mounts. <laughs> and I've stuck a little lip spoiler on the back. And I'm so excited. And my car just looks that See, much uh, better. And I've never had to buy one of those because both the Mustangs came with them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited. But okay, so we're in the summer of 2018. I'm still working. But things are just not as exciting at work right now. And I'm, I'm much more excited with cars, but I haven't really done very much yet. And so I dipped my toe in the pool a little bit further. And my friend sent me a link to a beginner's track day. Cause that sounded like the kind of thing that we wanted to do. We wanted to try <laughs> out getting on a racetrack and that track day was going to be in December of 2018. And this is July. So we booked the track day and I didn't know what car I was going to take. I didn't know where I was going to store a second car. If I bought a second car, I didn't know really anything. I just had this Q50 and a passion that was being unfulfilled. I booked this track day. Well, that was the first domino of what would become an avalanche of dominoes <laughs> over, yep. the next, <laughs> over the next five months, but from July to December. Yep. So from July to December, I moved from San Francisco to Santa Clara. The couple of weeks before I moved, I told my girlfriend at the time that I was going to be moving and broke up with her. I, a few days before I moved, bought a, 2001 BMW 330ci five-speed for $2,200. No, $2,800. Cheap. Cheap. You can't do that nowadays. No, God, no. (laughs) I had to learn how to drive stick on the drive out of San Francisco where I bought it back down to Santa Clara. Yeah, that sounds familiar. 50 miles. Yeah. Once I got it into the house that I then lived in, and I moved in with that friend in Santa Clara. I should say that. I moved in. He taught me how to do an oil change and how to change a tire and how to use tools and what the metric system was. Uh-huh. Not, not literally, but like what I remember asking him what a ratchet was. Can you imagine? You know, we all started somewhere. We all started somewhere. We all started and, and somewhere. I had, you know, a Phillips head screwdriver and a hammer as a kid and building Ikea furniture. Like that was the extent of my handiness. But from when I bought that car in November till the track day in December, I was able to put coilovers on it and sway bars. And I changed the tires and put different wheels on it and and redid some gaskets that needed to be sealed. And then I was confident enough to bring that car to the track. And I learned how to drive stick a little better. I remember driving laps around my neighborhood there, learning how to drive stick. I remember stalling in an intersection and hating my life, just trying to go get gas. Mm -hmm. And then doing all the tricks to try and figure out how to rev match on a downshift or Finding the heel toe, find the optimal shift point where you're making the max power. And you're getting a little too advanced for me at this time. Oh, well, I mean, but that's what you're, (laughs) that's what you're effectively trying to do, you know? Yep. Trying to learn how to drive a, a manual car. And I'll add a couple more things to this. So in November of 2018, I had like $12,000 saved up. That's it. <laughs> I had paid off my student loans from college. I was living in San Francisco, making not very much money. And that was what I had. 
And I was so stressed every day. Every time I like bought a coffee for myself, I hated myself. Every time I spent money outside of like the $30 a week at Trader Joe's that I was living on or my car or rent, I hated it. I hated spending money anywhere other than those three mm-hmm. areas, food, house, car. Look, I, I understand because I, <laughs> I didn't have shit in my fridge when I lived by myself. Yep. <laughs> Did not yeah, care. It was going literally. to the car, baby. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I had saved, 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 got all this money. And then I got a raise. And I did start seeing a little bit more coming in. But I also had this thought, like, what the hell am I saving this money for? And at the time, I didn't really uh-huh. understand, you know, where I could have been saving it to use it. Uh-huh. But now I, I don't live in that sort of earning cycle anymore. So I don't really think in those terms even today. But I, I had that money. And I, like I said, I bought this car for $2,800. And I had at the time what felt like a fucking blank check to modify that car that's how i felt (laughs) it was awesome so in the first like five days of owning it i think i spent like six grand on parts that i then installed over the next like two months (laughs) that was me with the 16 it was awesome yeah i I, it was because i bought it in january 2016 and that sucker was race ready in march (laughs) like i was i was like i'm getting right back to where i left off yeah back on the horse (laughs) yeah and and so yeah this was the rabbit hole opening up yeah and so i did all these mods we went to the beginner track day absolutely loved it every second of it fell in love with the track And from then until October of 2019, so not really that long even, nine months, I lived in this house with my best friend at the time. And we worked on cars all the fucking time. Every weekend from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., we were working on cars. It's funny because you constantly talk about it. It's just not your favorite thing to do. Work on cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. This was all the learning I had to do. Because some of it was reading on forums and sure. and watching YouTube videos and occasionally eating. <laughs> and, yeah. And and going to car shows and going to track days and breaking things and fixing them. And then we we bought a nineteen ninety five Civic automatic. Didn't have a key. Didn't start. Heck we bought yeah. it for hundred and fifty dollars. Heck yeah! We sold it for nine hundred dollars. <laughs> but between the two, we gutted the interior completely because it was covered in mold. Heck and yeah. then we manual swapped it and put a different engine in it. It was dope. Yeah, heck yeah! <laughs> it was awesome. Those Hondas are the ones that fucking pissed me off at the drag strip too. <laughs> And this was probably like it could have been one of those. Yeah, put the in, big old fucking life. fat slicks up front and just yep. send it. Yeah, those yep. suckers pissed me off. You know that one from Florida, that the teal one with the yes. fiber hood. Yeah. So mine was the same color. Okay. And so that one I always think about is like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, every every time I see those things in the semis or in the finals, just because they're <laughs> so goddamn light and they make like. A thousand five hundred in the classes <laughs> I ma- I play yeah. in, and it's just like they're just goddamn. They're a bitch to try and beat. Yeah, the D series with just a big turbo. Yeah, a K, like a K series with big turbos. Yeah, like dude, they they make plus. stupid efficient power. Yeah, yeah. So good car, good car. But anyways, point is, amazing nine months of my life, not sleeping very much. I would I would take conference calls for my job underneath the car. I've talked about that before. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can sympathize, man. Yeah. So fast forward to today, I own multiple businesses in the automotive industry. <laughs> and how did that happen? It happened because I sent it. I moved, bought a project car, ended relationships, uprooted my life, and spent started all my re- money. Started relationships. I mean, you're you're real first jumping off a cliff was just going to say hi 
yeah, really with, with that guy yeah yeah it was, yeah that, that's really where it started for you true you're right and and so that was a, an amazingly transformative period of my life and it was in that time also you know i was clearly in ascendant mood and this could be a whole other podcast but that was <laughs> when i met evelyn started dating and proposed within three months yeah, dude. And got married yep. within six months and then yep. moved to London. And so, you know, all that 2018, 2019 were some sendy times. Yeah. And my, mine was just a year ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Like mine was all in 2016, 2017. Yeah. So take the lesson out of that one that if you are innately passionate about something, don't just bury it. Yeah, just do you, it. Just you, pursue you have, it. Right. If any level of interest in something, like try it. You never know what you're going to be able to do with that passion. And so mm-hmm. for me now, it was discovering that I have a business skill set that goes above and beyond what most people in the automotive service industry has, which makes me a better competitor, which makes me have the opportunity to be more successful which makes me have the opportunity to be able to influence the industry that i care about so much for the better and that's the same for you and what you've accomplished with where you jumped off a cliff yeah yeah i i i have a story that all could be word for word for yours and i i totally get where you're coming from and i hope our listeners do too because there's a lot to learn from it so get out there is our final message. Just yeah. send it. That's what you need to do. That is what really sets you apart is that if you feel remotely driven to go in a specific direction with your life, then fucking do it. Don't wait. This is this is what we're here to inspire you to do is that you can figure it out. We're not special. We're not unique. And we've been able to... We, we've we've fallen down too we just you know we get back up and we try again and try something new and find success with it yep that's what's key is that this this can work this can work for you too anything else dan no no such great stories so wholesome i love it <laughs> i love it just because i i said because i read yours in the outline and i'm like this dude <laughs> Like, <laughs> sent like it. That, I was like, "Yeah, I understand his story because that was me." <laughs> <laughs> With your 2015, except mine's music. drag racing. I don't road road race. <laughs> yeah, you live in that part of the country. Yeah, I live just in a little a little different, but you know, similar. A lot of similarities. All right. So with that, let me just remind the people where we exist on the internet if you would like to get more engaged with the driven community so we have we have three things we have the podcast we have the youtube channel that i've already mentioned at driven diary and then we have our discord server so our discord server is called the driven network and within the driven network are members of the community at large all around the world who are the most driven people out there And together, we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. We hold each other accountable to the iterative goal-setting framework that we all follow that enables us to achieve every goal we've ever wanted to set. And we have a weekly call on Wednesday mornings dedicated to connecting and building that community at a greater level. So if you want to join that Discord server, you can message myself or Dan on the internet and we'll get you in. You can find me at Arun D. Kumar on Instagram or Arun Kumar on LinkedIn and Facebook. Dan, where can people find you? Dan LaRue on Facebook and LinkedIn and Dan underscore LaRue on Instagram. I haven't sent out any favorite coffee place gift cards yet. So if you'd like one or if you don't drink coffee and you Drink something else, you know, or need a t-shirt, let me know. I just want to know you listened. Just I say think hi. That episode hasn't come out yet, also. Oh well. That would be why. <laughs> I, I feel like we recorded that one forever ago, but it was two weeks ago, but we're yeah. <laughs> either way, 
Yeah. <laughs> Even if it hasn't, we'll get I still there. want you to do it. Yeah. I just want you to say hello. <laughs> hello. And and lastly, if you could leave us a review, especially on Spotify. I don't know who's out there on Spotify just one-starring us all the time, but we have 16 reviews and we're at a 2.5. <laughs> well, 2.5 just... out of 5. Yeah. Or if you're one-starring us, tell us why. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should say that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm uh, the next one. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the root of this. We want to yeah. So that's all we got for today. This has been Rune and Dan. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay driven.